This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, before we start today's show, I have a quick note for you. Matt McChesney was kind enough to appear on today's episode, and if you listen to McChesney Unchained on the BSN Podcast Network, you know Matt likes to keep things candid. He has some strong feelings and occasionally uses adult language to express those feelings. As you'll hear, Matt was proud to avoid the F word for the 60 minutes we spent together, but there's still some strong language in today's show. So if you're around kids or coworkers, maybe pop in your headphones or wait until you're alone. Matt and I had a great discussion, and I'm excited for you to get to hear what he has to say about your buffaloes. Thanks, guys. I recommend holding off on listening to this episode until you're away from people who might be sensitive to strong language. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hey guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has room. McKinley Wright
What's up, everybody? Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast presented by Total Beverage. I'm your host, Henry Chisholm. Before we start talking buffs, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Bev is offering 20% off your purchase on their website and their app. Use code BSN20 to save 20% and have it delivered to your door. Let's jump into the show. All right, guys, it's a big, big day for the BSN Buffs podcast. I've got Matt McChesney on the show, former buff. Training all the buffs and the Broncos, training all the best high school recruits, played for the Broncos, played in the NFL. He knows his stuff, and we're going to get some of his takes on the show today. And I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. How's it going, Matt? I'm great, man. Thanks for coming down to the lab and uh, and, and doing BSN buffs from uh, where we usually do McChesney Unchained in here. So I'm yeah, glad no, you're this, down here, H. This, this place is, is awesome. incredible. I haven't like I've just been like setting the gear up, so I haven't had a chance to take a real look around. You're showing me the autograph football. Kick ass! I mean, it, it's, uh, it's a fun the place. Helmets, we we the get jerseys, down down here. The superheroes. You uh, like a big a, superhero bro, guy? I am a massive comic book geek. Interesting. I've got stacks of books at home. I still buy them to the day. I read them with my kids. They love it. So it's something we can all like together. Yeah, We've got, yeah. I got stacks of action figures in the boxes, and I'm a collector. I collect cards and all that kind of crap. Yeah, no, seriously, I love this place. It's like, pretty so kick-ass. I mean, yeah, pe- people need to get down here and check it out. It's much more than just football. I Definitely. mean, that's what I do, but we train and work with damn near any and everyone. Yeah, and I saw, I saw a couple of the guys walking out right before I got in here. You had them. You had them in shape. Yeah, that's how we do. They were listening. That's oh. how we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a very, very unique atmosphere, and we try and keep it 100 so there's no confusion. And, you know, <laughs> if you, if I always say, don't come in here and spend your own money and con yourself, you dumbasses. Oh, yeah. So, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, so, yeah, just to, like, finish off the plug, this is 6-0 Strength and Fitness. This is where a bunch of the Broncos linemen train. Yes, this sir. is where a bunch of the Buffs train. Yes, sir. This is where the top high school athletes in the state train. A couple yes, of a couple of them who've gone on to become Broncos. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're right behind me, we've got you know the three autograph balls of Dalton Reisner, uh, pick number forty-one, Sam Jones, where he was picked in the sixth, one eighty-three, and then undrafted to the Pro Bowl. Phil Lindsay, number 30 right there. What so a that's, guy. That's a pretty kick-ass ball. But just to have those, you know, up here reminds me of all the work put in. But then it, it's very – it's pretty cool when I can walk in here with a dude and sit down with his family. He's wearing my studio right now, and i got a film room on the other side of the wall. Oh, might have to but, check that out. Yeah, definitely. But we walk in here, and we sit down, and I go, okay, what's your dream? Well, I want to play at CU. I want to play for the Broncos. And I go, cool. So did they. Huh. You watch Hard Knocks? Work. Yeah, I watch Hard Knocks. You see uh, John Gruden's dream speech, like say, actually, like we're not here for dreams, we're here for nightmares. Yes. What I do did. you th- what, What's your take on that? I dig that. I, yeah. I mean, I like I like Gruden's message. I think that the Raiders are in deep shit. I think that they went and yep. invested in a bunch of guys who are not yep. very good to invest in, in my opinion. But I, I, I look, I don't like the NFL preaching family; it's business, but college isn't. Huh. Until until college starts paying their players, and I have a totally, I have an hour long spiel on that. That's for a different maybe we'll day. get into that in a we future need, show. I mean, we gotta definitely talk about it because I I'm very opinionated on it big time. <laughs> um, I I think that college is more of a family atmosphere than the league. I hate when they practice family and football in the NFL. I think it's 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 very it's a job. 
it's it, yeah it's like the it makes me feel like people are really naive to buy into that kind of stuff that, but in yeah. college you're stuck with the same guys for four or five years you are and, and well and like a lot of them live brother. together yes you live together your boys are your brothers i i was very blessed to have the same head coach and the same position coach the whole time i was at cu with it's chris rare. wilson and gary barnett but most people don't get that so you really have to bond with your teammates and good teams are usually very tight so it, it, yeah. I really love the atmosphere in college of being with your family. I love the professional atmosphere when I started getting paid. And I think that there's a way that they've got to figure out how to mix these two together. Because Interesting. cutting a young man's earning potential in this game where you're usually out of it between 25 and 30, unless you're, unless you're yep. special. Yep. I retired at 29, and I'm far from special. <laughs> and to, unless you're you – know, I, I can't get with – People chopping someone's earning potential at 18 to 22 and yep. saying, you can't make money. That doesn't work. I agree. I agree. And we'll get into that deeper in a future show because that is such an interesting topic. It's a hot-button topic. So people want to hear the tapes. Nowhere else is, it, is, is that acceptable. Nowhere no, else on earth <laughs> nowhere. can you just say, oh, we're going to give you a stipend check for 800 bucks a month, and uh, you're, gonna, you're, uh, going, you're not going to get any of the pie and everybody's going to be okay with it. Well, it just what? seems so easy to be able to say, actually, you know what? You want to sell an autograph? Sell an autograph. Henry wants to pay you 50 bucks. He wants to buy you dinner to come on his show? At least let him do I that. Have, I don't like the fact that they demonize the kids. Like yeah. the Terrell Pryor thing. Okay, If he oh, wants to sell his yeah, ring, yeah. it's his ring. Sell it. For do sure. Do whatever you want, bro. The fact that they demonize the kid for getting a, a side piece, that is such crap. It, you yep. force them to cheat, NCAA. You do. You're forcing basketball players to cheat and take money. You're forcing football players to cheat and take money. To sit here and act like that, that the transfer portal is not college football free agency, you're out of your mind. I'm telling you, there's rampant cheating, and they need to start paying the players immediately. You know what they should do? What should they do? Okay, opening week. Imagine Alabama, USC, CUCSU, you know, Nebraska and Akron or whoever, whatever softie they're playing. <laughs> you know, they like to warm up with the Sisters of the Poor. Oh, yeah, they I do. I can't wait for week two. <laughs> Lock the gates on That's their ass. Let's first, go. That's going to be my first ever game at Folsom. Dog. You I'm, are, it's going to be so I'm incredible. so excited. You're going to fall in love. It is going to so be excited. so awesome. I can't wait. Lock the gates on the bug eaters. Um, <laughs> but going full circle, what if everybody came out? And just all the players sat down on the 50 and locked arms and said, we're not doing shit today. Yeah, see, that's like the crazy thing, though, is that there's so many How much money teams. will they lose? Oh, though? so much but money. they'll be at the negotiating table the next day. Yeah, well, and they can't unionize. That's the thing. They don't have any – like, there's no way for Why them to get together. Why can't they unionize? Uh, oh, actually, what did the court say? There was that Northwestern case a couple years ago where they got into that. You know, you have a college football players union, all of a sudden everything changes. All of a they, sudden they can unify and at least like plan something like that. They're taking advantage of the kids. Oh, totally. Period. Oh, totally. Period. Period. That's what it is. I mean, there was there was like this study at Texas, like 2013-2014, where they figured out how much each player is worth. And they said on average, whether it's the star quarterback, whether it's like the 110th man on the roster, on average worth $700,000 to the school. A year. A year. And you can't give them a little piece? You can't give them some change? Ugh. Players are getting exploited. And you know what? In 30 years from now, where it's totally changed and guys mm -hmm. get played, paid, they're going to look back at this generation and be like, look at all these pushovers. Seriously. All these guys that didn't stand up for themselves and didn't get what they're worth. Oh, my like, goodness. Oh, especially in this game, where it's so violent 
and the life expectancy for players is so low. Yep. For it to even be an issue that we have to discuss is disgusting. It is. It's disgusting, and it makes it really puts me in a rock and a hard place situation, bro, because I'm pushing guys into the same thing I just did. And and I, I work with kids. We put we had 16 kids sign early last year on early signing day. Really? We had 30 total. We put over 500 guys in 10 years. We Oof. are not messing around in this room. As of right now, Reese Atterbury is going to Michigan. Aiden Akiyakayakana is going to Notre Dame. Carson Lee is going to CU. Yep. Cole Taylor is going to LSU. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. All right? Keaton Dudley's offered. Savage Costando's offered. Mason Maddox is offered. Crespo's about, what's today, the 14th? Yep. Brian Crespo's committing to CSU today for big pooter deep offensive lineman, which I hope that CU gets involved with sooner than later. Guys, that's really? my door frame. Trey Zoon, <laughs> number two player in the state in his class. No one even knew about the kid when he started. Huh. Cameron Smith's committed to Wyoming. We got dudes. You do. Dudes. Well, and, I mean, like. If you're a high school player in the state and you're not in this room, you don't have to be to be successful. But I'm telling you, you're not helping yourself if you're not in the room. Exactly. I mean, just like looking at like the four or five guys who were walking out when I was walking in, I was like, wow, I have probably six years on all these guys, but they, they're, these are men. These are men who are coming out here. Grown ass men, dude. Ugh. And if you're, and what I say to my kids all the time is simple. If you're not trying to get better, you're getting worse. And the goal shouldn't be to get there. You don't need my help to get there. Most of you can find your way. Yep. All right. I want you to stay, and I want you to be a foundation piece, and I want them to build around you. Huh. I don't want you going to college and being a guy that steals money just for free school. Yeah. Go to college and contribute, period. Austin Johnson, big salsa, who early enrolled at CU, mm -hmm. okay? He's a foundation football player. Drake Nugent and Bear Miller, the two kids we put into Stanford last year that Drake played with Austin, he's a found, they're foundation football players. Jake Wiley, the other tackle from Eagle Crest, foundation because i beat the hell out of them in here mentally and physically and i they earned it i know they're going to go up there and excel so when i go to practice a spring game and big austin's already enrolled and coach cap is sitting there talking about how the rookie is the rookie's doing things right and he's in the front of the line and he's kicking people's asses he doesn't care it makes me so proud dude yeah. It makes me proud as hell because I know my guys are out there busting their ass. So this is going to be an analogy that's kind of out of nowhere, but it kind of reminds me of back when I was in Calc in high school and we were getting ready for the AP test. I was not. <laughs> and, and then the teacher's just saying, well, you know what? This class is going to be really hard. You're all going to pull C's. But by the time you get to the AP test, you're going to be good to go. And he was totally right. It was so much easier than what we were doing like the last couple months leading up to it. You know? I mean, prepare for hell. Exactly. Prepare for exactly. hell. Exactly. We just got done doing some filming here with one of my high school groups getting ready for week one, and they play a softy week one, a team they beat like 70 to nothing last huh. year. And they're talking about week two already. And I'm like, uh-uh, you prepare for King Kong. Every week, prepare for King Kong, and you won't be distracted by Curious George. You'll just okay. go out there and shit stomp them and move on. How hard would you prepare if you were playing yourself? Yep. So okay. don't, don't get conned into this. You know, they're not very good thing. Prepare for King Kong, and then you'll be successful. You'll smash Curious George. Here's a question for you. Week one, CU plays CSU. Mm -hmm. Is that a softie? No. Really? No, no. Just for, look, last year CU mopped them. I get it. But it's far from a softie. Okay. In Colorado State, especially the years that I was at CU from 2004, those were 
nail biters, number one, the majority of them, and they were dogfights. Yeah, they had beaten us two years in a row when I got there. They won in 98 and 99, mm-hmm. or 99, 2000. We mopped them in 01. They beat us in 02, and we were ranked like third in the country going in. That was Rod Snead where Bradley Van Pelt ricocheted the ball off his helmet. Always wanted a Bradley Van Pelt Bronco jersey. That was like on my list when I was a kid. He's a punk bitch. <laughs> and, then, and then the next year, we beat him in the lightning game. Where they yep. we had the the delay and Derek McCoy caught the ball on the lightning when right when it struck scored a touchdown it was incredible, and then the next year we beat them in Folsom on a field or on a goal line stand, in 05 they beat them in Folsom on a field goal, so the game is a dogfight. See everybody that was in the Lubick era at CSU, Sonny used to recruit like this. Did CU recruit you? No, they said I couldn't play there. Come to Fort Collins and we'll beat their ass. So they had a bunch of guys up there that really had disdain for us. The same way we have disdain for the corn, that's how CSU feels about us. That's interesting. So I don't think it's a pushover game. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if CSU's ever going to catch CU sleeping, it's this year. You think so? Yes. CU's got all these seniors, a brand-new head coach. Nebraska's the opener at home Mm -hmm. week two. Everyone's jazzed up for that game. The Rocky Mountain Showdown's a foregone conclusion. They got they they beat the hell out of CSU last year. How could CSU ever compete with CU this year? It's horseshit. It's lining up <laughs> for the same exact thing to happen that's happened in the past. Do not walk in there cocky, or Cam the sheep will beat the hell out of you. Huh. That's what they live for. This game, Air Force, Wyoming, and Boise are the season. If they beat CSU or if they beat CU in the Rocky Mountain Showdown, okay, it destroys the Mel Tucker. Oh hype. yeah! Everybody's oh, yeah. pissed off, and Mike Bobo all of a sudden has shine, and they might want to keep him. This the 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 how do I say this? What rides on the Rocky Mountain Showdown this year is insane. I think that the future of Mel Tucker and recruiting and the last thing you want to do is walk in after you know going out and recruiting the way he is and trying to control the state and trying to get guys in state to stop going to Notre Dame, Ohio yep. State, Michigan. Michigan. Ugh. I mean, they are in here like I can't keep the big schools out of the room. They know they can come here and purge players. They know it. Yeah. We have one power five school, bro. California's got like six. That's an exaggeration, but they got they, you know they've got more. So people walk in here and purge us. So you can't lose the opener and then expect to control the state. But then again, Bobo loses this game. He never beats CU if that happens. True. He's gone. True. So there's so much that's going to be riding on this game. You know, they're not going to fire anybody in Boulder if they lose, but it's not going to be very pleasant. People are going to be pretty pissed off, and I don't see how you can overlook CSU. But yeah. that's me. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so before we move on, I think we want to touch more on your general thoughts of this football team, just kind of like hopefully we'll get you on the show more often going forward. Whatever you want, brother. I'll talk about the buffs every day. Perfect. And so we just want like a baseline. What is your read on this team? And then we'll get into, we had like a great question about recruiting, but first I want to talk about what went down after practice today. Just the news. Um, as always, we don't get to see much. We don't get to hear much, but Mel Tucker did say a couple of things that I was really interested in. He opened up his press conference by saying, it's a great day in Boulder. It's a great day for football. Nothing out there, but green grass and opportunity. Love it. Love it. But I think the most interesting thing he said, at least to me, was that he doesn't want to see his guys talking to the opponents. No trash talking at all. And the quote was, we've got to talk with our pads. That's what says the most. 
You're a former guy. You're a former football player. What's your take on that? Once a football player, always one. Pads don't make me a football player. I am one all the time. Interesting. Um, that's my armor. That's what I tell my guys all the time. Um, this is my take. If you're not good, you shouldn't talk, and we're not good. Okay. We're not. Okay. Five and zero or zero and seven. We are two very different teams. The five and zero team. That team can talk some shit. That team can run their mouth. That team can, you know, put their put their foot on your throat and end the game. The zero and seven team looks like the team that should be getting shit talked to them with the yeah. foot on the throat. Interesting. So you know, it it's. I watched us, you know, I, I was at the, the Nebraska game in Lincoln on the sideline with Sean Tufts and Pesaveno and everybody. It was incredible, okay? That atmosphere, winning in that building, the, the fight song afterwards, the exuberance, what happened in three weeks? How did they go from 2-0 and to 5-0 and to 5-7? and How does that happen? And I know it's Oregon State, but you shouldn't. It, that's my issue. It's... One bad circumstance should not destroy the entire season. If anything, it should ignite our passion to go be bowl eligible. Yep. That's my issue. They, they didn't have a lot of seniors last year, if I remember correctly, right? They're senior deep this year, right? Yep. They only had like maybe 12, 15. Yep. When I was a senior, I was the only starter on defense in, in 04. I was the only guy that was a senior on that squad that's starter. Okay. So I remember we were 4-4. Four and four. Okay, and we had just lost to Texas at home. And our offense had – I watched this like a week ago or something, and Jamie Guy, the video guy up there, is awesome. He always sends me clips and DVDs whenever I ask for them, so it's pretty cool. It's a, something that most guys don't get. Oh, exactly. And uh, so I'm watching Texas and CU from 04 and charting plays and, like, really trying to huh. evaluate what the hell's going on here because I, I try to use the history of football to help my guys, everyone I work with. And in that game, it was Vince Young and Cedric Benson, Derek Johnson. They had dudes, all right? They're related with draft picks. But we also have a bunch of pros on our field, too. They're just younger. So we're 4-4. and We had just lost to A&M in uh, Kyle Field in overtime, double overtime. And we were pissed off. But they're better, period. They had way more speed on defense. And they beat the shit out of us on offense bad. I think we had, like, 40 plays total for negative 11 yards. We took four turnovers. They sat clat damn near every time we threw the ball. We scored on defense. Texas beat us 31 to 7. Okay. Okay. It was the best stat game I ever had. I had over 10 tackles. I was in the backfield the whole game. It's great. We were 4 and 4 after that loss, and everybody told us that we were out. We had no chance to get into the Big 12 title game. Well, things didn't turn out like that. We ended up winning the North. We won three in a row. We beat Kansas and Lawrence. We beat Kansas State at home, and then we beat Nebraska and Lincoln. And I remember we beat Nebraska and Lincoln, and we were 7-4, and four, and we felt good about ourselves. We had lost two games at Missouri and at A&M that were on the last play of the game. We could have easily been a nine-win team, okay? And I'm the vet. I had started on the 0-1 title team. I know what it's like to win a Big 12 title. I know what it's like to beat Nebraska's ass. This is what we do here. Mm-hmm. That's the way I felt about it, actually. So, when I watched everyone exhale after we beat them, I knew we were in trouble because we had number one Oklahoma walking in the next week. But guys that didn't – Coach Barnett didn't exhale. Coach Wilson didn't exhale. They knew. I'm even a victim of it. I exhaled a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Well, oh, man, we made it. But Oklahoma the year before in 03, Kansas State shit stomped them 
on national TV, and then they lost to LSU in the national title game. So they came in there super motivated, and our goal was to get there, not to win it. Their goal was to go win the national title, and they beat the shit out of us in the Big 12 title game. We ended up winning a bowl game, and it was a great year. It's the last time we've won one, but it goes full circle, and this is the reason I bring it up. CU last year, okay? Went to Lincoln, won. Beat CSU, won. Good, great. You go 3-0, awesome. Then you're 4-0. You mop up UCLA on national TV. Oh, a little hype, a little nut tickling, right? You go and beat Arizona State, okay? Arizona State's a good team. They got a pro head coach, 5-0. Who's next? SC. A team we don't historically do very well against. Nope. We've never beat. Nope. And everybody's goal was to just get there and not beat them. And because we got there at 5-0, and and everybody's telling us we arrived. I remember yeah. listening to people oh, say yeah. oh, they're yeah. in the top 25 now, and they got a road to the Pac-12 title game. Joel Clatt even said it. Uh, I My was hearing Joel. it. Yeah. I was up in Montana. I, I was wasn't following it. the Bucs. I'm not going to sit here and, I, and I'm like, I'm, we're, we're, we're awesome. Yeah. And then we yeah. went and lost that game, and we couldn't rebound from it. And why do you think that was? It's a lack of maturity from a sense of handling a loss. There's a difference between losing and being a loser. CU didn't learn, learn from their loss in, in the Coliseum last year. They thought they were a bunch of losers. And then they got home, and they got up on Oregon State, and the failure complex kicked in. They're scared of failing, so they don't go out and try and win, and huh. in turn they lose. Okay? Yep. When, when you are looking at things as, as a competitor and as a coach, I use this all the time with my guys. If you are consistently dropping your head when you get beat on a rep, on a sprint, in a game, you're a loser. You have a failure complex. It's massive. I can't do that. I'm not a child psychologist. What do you want me to do? Okay? But if you look at it as I'm going to learn from this mistake I just made and fix the problems and be honest about what we have to do to fix it, for example, and I don't even care if this pisses anybody off, deal with it. If you run 47% of your offense behind the line of scrimmage left to right against USC, regardless of what you think they are now, they still have more speed than we do. It's true. And they always will. That's what, That's USC, what USC is, is. and has Thank been you. for forever. You're going to get your ass kicked. But it's also easy to watch it and go, maybe we should go forward. Because the one play they gave the ball to LaViscus <laughs> on Wildcat, he went 70. Uh -huh. So the ability to look at yourself in the mirror and make hard choices that may hurt an ego or, or, or d destroy a, a fragile relationship, well, then that's what you got to do because I'm tired of losing and not learning from it. They seem to lose the same way a lot, and yep. that really – that was the indicator that it was time to move on from Coach Mack. And what I can tell you is that a lot of what you said is what I've been hearing from people in Boulder. Whether it's media members, whether it's coaches, whether it's players, they've said the same thing. That it wasn't that there was a lack of talent on last year's team, that that wasn't a team They're that loaded, could have won. dude. They yes. got dudes everywhere. Everywhere. The problem was they didn't have leaders, and that's something that Mel Tucker has harped on almost every day that I've been up in Boulder they saying, have leaders, we brother. need leaders. They had them. Oh, really? They don't know how to lead yet. Interesting. They're not, they, they're not taking the opportunities to force them to be leaders. They're bulldozer parenting and shielding them from it. Okay. Instead of forcing Montez and Showtime Mustafa Johnson and all these stuff, Nate Lamman to go up there and answer super hard questions about Oregon State, who was the only guy at the press conference after the game? Coach McIntyre. That's all I'm saying. You can't shield them from it. 
expose them to the harsh reality of blowing a four touchdown lead to a shitty team. Yeah. And well, make them feel terrible about it so we fix the problem. Ryan Konigsberg and I were up in Mel Tucker's okay. office for an, an hour last week. It was incredible. Heard a lot of things. Talked about a lot of things with Mel. And that's something that he said when we were talking about how he views the media. And he thinks that not only can we be like, you know, a tool for him to like get the message out, all that kind of st- stuff, but it's letting the players understand that kind of thing, letting them learn how to handle us because some of them will go on to the NFL where, you know, y- you really have a lot of that put in your hands. Yes. Well, the, the beauty of the NFL is they can just cut you. They Im- immediately you get fired. Yeah. That's why I hate high school football's hobby. Uh-huh. feeling in Colorado. Uh, oh, in Colorado. You oh think it's specifically God, it's everywhere. here. It's everywhere, but okay. I live here, so I'll say in Colorado. The everyone makes the team shit, Yep, it drives me up a wall, bro. I can't handle it. Having known you for about a half hour now, I mean, I'm not surprised to hear that. Because it, it's an earn it sport, in my opinion. And I'm not going to treat everybody the same. If this dude's been out here busting his ass all fall, he he's earned the right to be treated differently. Yeah. No, or, that's Look, Herm Edwards, when I was a rookie in 05 with the Jets... Okay, the great Herm Edwards. 95, get moving, 95. <laughs> hey, 95, get moving, 95. Never called me Matt, 95. <laughs> said to me, okay, I got in a fight with, uh, uh, oh, what's his damn name? I got in a fight with Pete Kendall, okay, mm. in practice. And Pete's awesome, I love Pete. But it was one of my first days, and he was pissed because I was going really hard. So we got in a fight, and uh, the next play I tackled Curtis Martin in the backfield. Not a good move. So I tackle Curtis, <laughs> <laughs> and Curtis gets up and curses at me. I never heard oh, Curtis sure. curse ever in his life. And he, hey, Effrey, we don't tackle in practice. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. So I'm walking off the field <laughs> after practice, right? And, and Herm's like, hey, 95, come over here. So I come over there, and Herm's like, 95, let me tell you. We're all equal here, son, but we ain't the same. I ain't going to treat you like I treat 28. 28's Hall of Famer. You just got here, 95. Don't touch him. And I was like, okay. And I started thinking about it, and he brought it up the next day. We're all equal, but we're not the same. And that's something CU needs to understand this year. I am damn tired of everyone sitting back on the past. We're not in the Big Mm -hmm. 8 anymore. We're not in the Big 12 anymore. Mm -hmm. I miss Nebraska just like everyone else. I miss Oklahoma like everybody else. But if we don't establish a hardcore ass-kicking culture in the Pac-12 the way we should – if we don't establish this with all these damn soft-ass teams in the South, soft-ass UCLA and soft-ass yep. Arizona, a bunch yep. of basketball schools, yep. if we can't run <laughs> yep. the damn Pac-12 South, we don't deserve to be good. Huh. We don't. And the CU's mentality and CU's good when we line up and we split people's heads open to the white meat in the run game and do everything off play action. And that's what's going to make Steven Montez a really good player. It's what's going to allow LaVisca Chanel to win the Heisman. I don't care if you're in spread 10, 11, 12 personnel, 13 personnel. I don't give a shit what you're in. Being physical is a choice, period. One more question before we take a quick break. Going back to your uh, comment, like, we're all equal, but we're not the same. What do you think of like guys like Von Miller who get three lockers in the locker room? Uh, I think he's the best pass rusher in the NFL. Not okay. e- all equal, not the same. Okay, so that's a scenario gets, where... Yeah, absolutely, he gets perks. That's okay. the way it works. The better you are, the more perks you get. Okay. Period. <laughs> and if, look, you know who bitches about that? Guys who can't play. Mm. That's the only mm. person that complains about it. That's true. Period. That's oh, true. He gets special treatment. It's because you suck. 
Do better. <laughs> you don't get special treatment because you suck. Fair. Sorry. It's time now to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BS on Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer, established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. Yum. Yum. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a lighthearted Kolsch ale. But for those of you who have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you uh, also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. You'll be able to see all the events we have planned, and we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Jumping back into the show, I want to start talking about your general thoughts on the CU football team. Okay. So I'm not sure really how to start this, whether you want to start is, Just is, pick a side. Offense, defense. What do you think? Or position. What do you think of Steven Montez? I think Montez has all the potential to be a first-round quarterback if he really wanted to be. Um, I think Montez is – I bet you if I got him on the board, he would struggle with formations, fronts, groupings, how, it, how our personnel and adjustments and motions affects the defense because everyone does. Football's a language. He's learning how to speak it in college. It's hard. Yeah. The Paxton Lynch thing, I'll use this. I'm not saying Steven's like Paxton at all. Steven's a much better player. I'm saying this. I don't know if Paxton Lynch is stupid. I don't know if he can't play. I know that he didn't pick up the telephone and find somebody to help him. Okay. So in the age of information, brother, ignorance is a choice. So if Steven wants to learn – how to deal with an under Sam Stack, strong safety force, man coverage, fence. Yep. Where's the squeeze gap? How is it a three- or four-man slide? How does it go full-man slide? What's 5-0 mean? How do we get to Sarah or Sally out of it? How do we get to our alley or crease screens out of it? That's what quarterbacks do at the next level. So compare him to, I mean, let, let's say seven quarterbacks get drafted in this draft. Okay. How do you think he stacks up mentally knowing that kind of stuff with those know. other guys who will be drafted? I don't know. I don't know if Justin really? Herbert is a, is a brain. I don't know if Tua Tungavailoa is a brain. I don't know if Lawrence is a brain. I don't know. It's, it's the hardest position to evaluate because not everybody runs the same system. You know what I'm yep. saying? In baseball, and I'm not trying to disqualify baseball, I'm saying there's Nine positions, right? Right? Yep. Nine position there, players, there nine, nine positions. Everyone hits. There's an order. It's it's very repetitive. Football's not very repetitive. The only thing that's repetitive is the snap. The formations change. The personnel groupings change. The motion patterns change. Everything changes. And then what the defense does exactly. when you run that play Pre-snap, again changes. Right? So yep. you've got, in the NFL especially, once they turn that clock off, 
just like uh, Coach Vic has said thousands of times in training camp, then we start moving. I don't yeah. want the core. I don't want the quarterback coach or the OC over there telling him what's going on. Yeah. I want to see if the quarterback knows. So as a as a former defensive and offensive lineman, I have my master's degree in football, dude. Yep. Like I can dissect damn near anything on on screen and put it on the board, and then articulate it to my guys in a way that they understand. And I'd like to think that the guys I work with are smarter than the average bear. Yeah. Phil Lindsay's a perfect example of this. Phil had an unbelievable rookie year. Okay. But before his rookie year, Phil was humble enough to shelf his own ego and say three words. And this is the three words that will save Steven Montez's career, whether he's a three-year quarterback or a 13-year quarterback. I don't know. That's it. And someone will help you. When Phil came in, he sat down, and we go, okay, what do you need help with? Fronts and adjustments and just looking at everything like a quarterback. Okay. Show up on these days and we'll get it done. And he did. And we got it done. It's very simple to work with people that are, that are humble enough to understand that they don't know. Hmm. That's, if I can say anything about myself when I was a player, it, the best thing that ever happened to me, I didn't see it at the time, was getting moved to def- or offense. Okay, Because it, it forced me to learn football differently. I had to learn offensive football in the NFL. My first offensive coach ever was Bill Callahan. You're not going to find somebody more diligent about little tiny things. The details are huge with me, just like they were with him. It's this game gives players an opportunity to see just how cognitive they can be and how they can apply it to the field. Because in reality, brother, it's chess, not checkers. So much of what we hear is one-on-one. DeAndre Hopkins one-on-one is unstoppable. Aaron Donald one-on-one is unstoppable. But I'm telling you, the other 10 guys on the field that are allowing him to go one-on-one is really where the game's at. Interesting. Okay, going from there to, like, the offense in general. Actually, I want to touch on the running backs first. Just because this is such an interesting situation with so many young guys, Alex Fontenot, Jaron Mangum, Jarek Broussard is in the mix. Like, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? You like that? Earn it. Let's give everybody run. Okay. so If they've earned it. I'm not saying every single guy on the roster gets carries. Mm-hmm. Okay? Who's going to go vertical? Who's going to dance? Who's going to fit into the framework of the offense? But then also, who's the guy that just can go, okay, there's a hole, I'm gone? Because that's what backs do. Yep. I played in an era at CU where in 01 we had – Cortland and Bobby and Chris and Marcus and Marcus mm-hmm. was you know Marquisha couldn't play a lick and he needed his shoes taped um, <laughs> but it, it just he came in as the number one recruit in the country and all this hype and he was the fourth stringer by the second season because football evens out you're going to figure out who can play and who can't the week before Nebraska in 01 Cortland went for 100 yards rushing and 100 yards receiving and at Iowa State he didn't even play in the Nebraska game cuz he got hurt. Chris didn't have a carry in Ames the week before and he scored six touchdowns the next mm. week. So this is what I care about with the backs. Shelf your ego and be ready to play when they call your number and give everybody everything you got and get used to the way you feel right now because if you get to the NFL the chances of you being the premier back are about slim to zero. There are what 10 of those guys exactly. maybe. Exactly, maybe, maybe. Maybe. And even they have a ton of guys behind them getting getting run. Look True. at Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley CJ was a no show. He was a no show in the playoffs, bro. Oh. 
he had a great regular season, and he was so worn out, they just started handing it to old butter roll C.J. Anderson. And now you have no idea what Todd Gurley even is. All of a sudden, this is my point. he might be gone. So these backs, the backs have to understand, first of all, you picked the wrong position. Second of all, <laughs> should have been a DB or nice. a linebacker. Yeah. Second of all, if you want to stay on the field as a running back in Boulder, in my opinion, you probably need to be explosive. Yeah. Because I know that LaViscus is a wide receiver, but he's getting the ball. Just and put two in front. Put him at quarterback. <laughs> Serious. And they do. They I put mean, him at quarterback. Bro. I mean, they, when I saw them bust out the Wildcat last year, I was, I was, uh, I played for Miami in 2008 when they started the Wildcat. And when okay. we went to New England yep. and busted it out oh, yeah. and whipped their ass. Ricky Williams. So it, I, I was back there. You know, we played Seattle, I remember. And I've got a picture of I'm at left guard. And then we've got Rick and Ronnie in the backfield. Yep. And I can only imagine what, like, Lofa Tupo, the middle linebacker, was thinking. Like, yep. what in the hell am I supposed well, to do here? That's this? Ricky. Yeah. That's Ronnie. Ricky, Ronnie. Ricky, oh. Ronnie. But the, the ability to put that kind of pressure on people is very unique. And I don't know if CU just has an abundance or if they have a brute. Because if they have a brute back there that can just take it and get 20 carries like a Phil Lindsay, yeah. you're going to be really successful in Boulder. But if they just have four guys that get five carries each, I don't know if you can really get a consistent exactly. flow there enough to have explosion. I feel like you need to get you need to just use the running back by committee every game until you figure out who gets who the hot, guy is, yeah. And then just let him carry exactly. it. I want to know by Air Force. I want to know by Air Force. Air Force is very concerning to me. Interesting. Like, just because of that option offense? Dog. Yeah. Like, if yeah. I'm Air Force, I'm going, okay, the altitude's not going to mess with us. We're in better shape than them. We're in better shape than everybody. Um, we've sent, I've sent a guy to Air Force every year since I've done the job, okay? I know what kind of kids they have down there. They are hard-nosed football players, and every damn one of them that played at, at Air Force from Colorado thinks that they should be in Boulder. So you're going to get a very motivated football team. It's not a rivalry game, but there's going to be rivalry aspects. And I feel like there are more rivalry aspects for Air Force than for Colorado. It's, very, it's weird, isn't it? It's very yeah, weird dynamic. it's so weird. And then they are a time-of-possession ball control offense. Limiting and opportunities. The, the team I watched last year that most reminds me of them is Utah. And okay. that is concerning yeah, yeah, to it makes me. Sense. That's all. It's concerning. And I, I hope that we have the ability to match ball control. And we should be able to move the ball on them. But at the same time, if we make a couple mistakes and they hold the ball for 40 minutes, we're You in don't trouble. get opportunities. That's my point. Last year, I watched Army almost beat Oklahoma in Norman because they limited the opportunities for, for Oklahoma's offense so much. How much does it help Colorado having Mel Tucker, who has played against Georgia Tech, who, you know, they also run that triple option offense? It helps. Yeah? I'm not going to say it doesn't help. Okay. What's going to determine – the success is the ability to apply the coaching in three days because mm -hmm. you're going to go from super spread CSU to super spread Nebraska. The only thing about Nebraska is Adrian Martinez can take off, so that gets you ready for a running quarterback at least. He's a real pain in the ass, that guy. Great player. Yeah. And then, and then you go straight to triple option. It just has – that game has the ability to bite us in the ass, and I hope it doesn't. Coming off two rivalry games, too. Like, there's so many aspects of that game where you just... I love the schedule, bro. Do you? I love you, it. You love it for Colorado, or you're excited to I watch? I love our schedule. Interesting. I don't not... I hate playing cupcakes, dude. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... And I mean look, in 03, we played CSU... CSU, Washington State, or CSU, UCLA, Washington State, Florida State. 
to open the season. Whew. That is ruthless, dog. Whew. Ruthless. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I don't like playing crap teams. I hate it. I don't want to go out and be out at halftime. I'm trying to have a war on Saturday. Yeah. That's why I'm doing this. I'm not doing this to have a week nine game against the Citadel in Tuscaloosa. They got to change that, dude. That sucks for football fans. It does. It sucks. It really does. And, and no, one, heard, no one wants to see that anymore, bro. Out at Pac-12 Media Day, Larry Scott was talking about that. And he said, you know, we want the college football playoff committee to see that we have a tough schedule. We're making the we're, we're taking wins away it's from like each other with this long coverage schedule. The Pac-12 schedule. gets screwed because they're competitive. Exactly. What? That's, a, so that's totally good, what it there's is. There's good teams in the league, and mm-hmm. somebody might get beat, and you're going to use that against them. But yeah. Oklahoma and Alabama and the SEC, they can play one less conference game and then play a total slappy in November and just kill them. And you guys think that's good? Yeah. Yeah. I, it just it really the hypocrisy of college football knows no bounds, brother. It's it's just all over the place. What well, you know? While we're here, I know we're touching on a lot of stuff, and we should probably just keep things moving, but. We have the the four game four team college football playoff. Or thoughts on that? Does it need to be bigger? You want to go back to just hell? One yeah, game? it needs to be bigger. I think they should go ten teams, give one and two a bye. Yep. And then play three, ten, four, nine. Yep. You know, whatever makes sense. Um, and yeah, do I think that the you know the the if ten beats three? Do I think they're going to get mopped by one? Yeah, most likely. But I also watch a ton of upsets in NCAA basketball tournament. Yeah. And I watch upsets in, in pro football all the time. And it, especially in college, it's so hard to predict how these young kids are going to react week to week. I can pretty much guarantee you how Russell Wilson is going to react every Sunday at this point. Yeah. I can yeah. tell you how yeah. Tom Brady is going to play every Sunday at this point. And you know, I have no idea if – Khalil Tate. Yeah. If Tate had a, a bad burrito on Wednesday night from, the, from some – crap diner down in in arizona uh-huh. and now he's got the runs i don't know uh-huh. i yeah. don't know if somebody's girlfriend he walked in on his girlfriend with another girl on the offensive line that's not good but i don't know exactly so it's, it's just... very hard to predict the mental and emotional state of guys who are playing football for free one thing that i really love about when you the... pay football for free you have to be checked you might be a little insane <laughs> I know how a pro football is gonna, player is going to react. They're getting paid to play the game. It's the job. I don't know how a kid who's not getting paid but is being ridiculed and, and criticized by his coach like he's a pro but doesn't have anything yeah. to fall back on as a pro. He doesn't get to go home to a cushy house. He goes home to roommates. He doesn't get to go home to recovery. He gets to go home to a crap bed. So if you're going to treat them like pros, pay them, and then they'll be able to handle the scrutiny. Plus, after that, you throw in the aspect, you know, they're student athletes. Student comes first. Oh, yeah, in, we actually in theory, have to study, in theory, too. I they're totally thinking about, about school that. before they're talking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> totally it's, it's forgot wild. about that one. It's wild. But, but, yeah, one thing I really love about the NFL is that if you win your division, you get a home playoff game. In, in college football, you get the Power Five conferences. You win the Pac-12, a tough conference. Like, maybe maybe it's not the SEC right now. Maybe it's, not, you know. But it is a tough football conference, and that's tough to do. And you're probably, I mean, the last couple of years, you haven't gotten a shot to win a national title. I'm just, I'm tired of everyone saying this conference is better. How many major conferences are there, five? Yeah. Well, shouldn't there be six spots then? Doesn't that just make sense? I mean, sense? come on, man. When are we going to start using some common sense around here? Because it's almost like this first three weeks of the season when we see, like, Oregon plays Auburn. We see Carter awesome plays game. Nebraska. They're great games, but if the Pac-12 comes out slow, they don't win those games. If Oregon loses, All of a screwed. sudden, the Pac-12 is not going to be we're in the screwed. college football playoff. And that sucks. It does suck. Because I'm telling you, Washington, with their defense, 
can beat somebody any given Saturday, brother. I guarantee you. Yep. And I don't like the I don't what what really bothers me about college football these days is the lack of head to head outcome or the lack of head to head matchups where we can actually get an outcome by playing the game. Yep. We have a lot of dudes sitting around talking about what they think is going to happen yep. rather than actually playing the damn game. That's one. Of, that's why I love the NFL so much because we actually take care of everything on the field. You actually have to win a ring. You can't just get slotted in. Mm-hmm. I. <sighs> Yeah, there's a whole bunch of problems with the NCAA. I think we're on the same page there. They, they need to get rid of the NCAA immediately. But how do you even do that? You'd, Walk you'd need the, away. You'd need so many of these schools. There's so many schools involved with the NCAA. 70 They'd of them. All all, that's to, all you need. You need 70. Only 70. If you're not part of the big dog, you don't get to eat. Ugh. I'm sorry, but... You know, it, it's just so tough to do. It's competitive. It sucks. I mean, there's going to be some some guys who get cut. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, but it, it's it, everyone has to stop looking at it like it's going to destroy what I thought was cool. OK, huh. I I was dejected when they left the Big 12. Yeah, I went to see oh, you sure. to beat Nebraska. Sure. bro. That's why I wanted to play there. I mm -hmm. hate them. I grew up hating them. And I wanted to play at CU to beat the shit out of Nebraska. Now, when they when the conference went away, that sucks. You don't get to play the game anymore. You better have something else to fall back on. That's all I'm saying. CU needs to reinvent themselves. We don't even have a rival, really, bro. CSU is not a rival. It's I mean, not, I hate them, it's but not. it's not a conference rival. And it, the rivalries are games in November that mean something. They are. Where if you win, you go and they go home. And. The Buffs just have not been good enough consistently in the Pac-12 to develop a rivalry. I, just... Utah doesn't do it for me because they no. hate BYU. That's yeah. their rival. Yeah, it's, it's it's just not a fun place to be right now. And maybe something develops. Maybe all of a sudden, like they come back. We need I, I don't know something what team to it is, happen, though. though. I mean, it, 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 it can't just look. The CU Nebraska rivalry got real hot when I when I was driving to Lincoln and I was nine years old. And there was a billboard that says, South dead, go big red. Yeah. I mean, I, my father pulled over and was so red-faced and angry. I was mm -hmm. like, wow, this is some real shit. Mm-hmm. Th there are things that happen that drive rivalry. Yeah. Bradley Van Pelt's ricocheting the ball off Rod Snee's head drives rivalry. It does. I'm not saying CU and CSU isn't a rivalry game. It 100% is a rivalry game. If CSU was in the Pac-12 South, though, do you understand how much, how good that game would be? Exactly. And Colorado is one of the few states that doesn't have multiple Power 5 teams. Kansas has yeah. two. Iowa has two. Texas has like five. Montana does not. Mon the well, they don't even have one. <laughs> but I'm saying Nebraska has one. Colorado has one. Colorado yeah. needs two. Easy. CSU has got to figure out a way when the conferences realign again, which will happen, when, yep. all, when the four major conferences, whichever one dies – and they distribute, and everybody goes to 16. You think it's going to 16? Everyone will be eventually. When everyone goes to 16 and it's only four conferences, and they have four independents, okay. CU's got to find a way to fit in to the Pac-12 in that time. They have the new building and the new facilities. Now they you do. need to go win. Go win, and you may be able to make that happen. Because the problem for them is that it's tough to say you guys need to be going to a Power 5 conference when they're just like they're, – they're a middling they Mountain can't West win. team. Yeah. Like, if CSU would have struck gold like TCU and Utah did, they'd be in the yep. Pac-12. Yep. Facts. 
Yep. Period. Utah wouldn't be there. CSU would be there. I guess you got rid of Sonny at the wrong time. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Ba-ba, okay. sheep. Ba-ba. We got way off topic. We got to get okay. through more of this football team. Uh, let's talk about these receivers. Okay. Um, got to start that off by saying LaVisca Chenault, he's just a monster, right? Is there anything healthy, else you can add to that? If he stays healthy, he's the most dynamic player with his ball with the ball in his hands in, in the country. Yeah. I think he has a chance to be a Heisman finalist, a guy that can really – really take this team where they want to go if we win. If not, he's just a guy with numbers. Yep, that's true. Um, he's, I think he's a first-rounder unless he gets hurt. Um, Fluky, yep. I would like to think that he will push the rest of the guys on the team to match him. That's and, what I'm hoping. And that's been an interesting topic that I've talked to him about because he isn't a vocal guy. I'm not sure if you spent much time with him, but he's not a comfortable speaker. That's just not who he is. And he's Don't been, need him to talk. Oh, I don't need him to talk. Oh, I need him to score touchdowns. And you, I need everybody else on the, on, on the offense. Field. Look, I need everybody else on offense to look at Laviscus and go, "I want to be as good as him." I don't need him to say a damn thing. I need, I need. You know who I need to talk? Who? Tim Lanot. Interesting. Interesting. All game. Yeah, I, I've talked to him once. I had a couple minutes with him, and I was impressed. He seems like he knows what he's doing. Smart kid. Here's a good question for you. They don't know who the center and the guard is out of uh, Tim Lanot and Kobe Purcell. Okay. Any thoughts there? You have, you know which one should be where? Uh, I put Tim at center. Why is if that? I, if just he's got more of uh, leverage, in my opinion. Uh, Purcell's a little bit longer. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just put Purcell at guard and then put Tim at center and let Tim make the calls. Yeah, and it also you know, coming off of that Achilles, it'll allow him to double team people more. May oh, help him yeah. a little bit. Interesting. So center's always got help. Yeah. So the guard is the left guard is usually the guy that's isolated and one on one more so than not. So unless you got an under front team, but you, ASU is really the only team that runs true under. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, keep it going with the receivers. Katie Nixon. Stud. Stud. Look, I think that they have tons of potential. Shiverini doesn't recruit guys that can't play. Stanley is the one that I think is going to blow up. Do you know him well? The, the Creek kid? I don't know him well. well um, but 14, okay. watch out for 14. Because every time LaVisca's gets doubled, 14's going to the house. He's going to run straight by people. Really? I mean, because we only get the four, one open 14, practice. 14's going to be your deep threat. Big oh, time. interesting. Because we've been hearing a lot about him in the slot. He's going to kill it. Watching him in the open practice, like... His feet are incredible. And like he gets to the top of the route. Expect a ton of wheel routes oh. and screens. Okay. So if he's a slot player, you run Katie Nixon across the formation and wheel route him out, and the corners hit each other, and you're just to the house. <sighs> See, and that's exactly what I was talking about on the show yesterday because Katie was saying that the offense they're running is a lot like the offense that he and Lavisca were in at in high school at DeSoto. And so I went back and watched some of the tape, and a lot of it is that like wheel route type stuff, like clear everybody out, have somebody fill them behind, get the ball right there. You know who the MVP of the offense is? Brady Russell. Oh boy! If thirty-eight, oh, there's a take. If thirty-eight has a packed an all Pac-12 season at fullback mm -hmm. tight end, mm -hmm. and I'm not talking about catching the ball. Interesting. I am talking about the point of attack because he's the scissors tight end. Interesting. He's the one that's going to cross formation and lead block. And Lavisca was doing so exactly. much of that. Exactly. Last year, when I saw 38 doing this as the season went on, he was crushing people. That means you don't have to keep Lavisca in, put people. four receivers out in routes on fourth or third down. And the last time CU's really had a dominant lead blocker was was Vickers and Drum. Mm -hmm. And Vic was more of an athlete as the V back. But Brandon Drum, the Alaskan assassin, if you were not prepared, he was taking your teeth. You think Brady Russell has that in? I think Russell has that in him. Yeah, he's got football lineage. He's Matty's Matt Russell's nephew. 
He had to walk on. He's got he, you know, that's that pisses people off that can play, and he can play. So he was a walk on last year that was playing on on you know starting in, yeah. in the game oh, yeah. and paying for it, which is even more ridiculous than anything else I can think of. But I, I really truly believe that the more they run the ball and they have the scissors concept and take yep. them out of the backfield. I really, truly believe that as that progresses, your play-action shots down the middle of the field, because I know damn well that Mel wants to use the tight end a lot. He's going, it's going as you progress down the season. I wouldn't be surprised if he has 50 catches by the end of the year. Really? It's one of the reasons I was so not angry. That's the wrong word. I'm happy for my guy, Colt Taylor, going to LSU. I'm okay. pumped for him. We yeah. busted our the ass. Incredible opportunity. I'm so excited for the, him and his are they, family. going to be ranked like? Number five in the country. Uh, I don't care when they're. Oh, ranked. I forgot. I know I, you I, don't I care. care less about I know rankings. you don't. Care. I hate rankings at the beginning of the year. I'm saying this. I wish that they could have bagged him. I wish that Mac would have recruited him what earlier because, you know, CU offered him first. I thought that they were going to get him, but I'm telling you, if Cole Taylor was in that offense, bro, he'd start as a freshman most likely, and God knows how many catches he would have. So. Let's just finish this conversation off. The offensive line has been a problem the last uh, couple of it's years. It's been terrible. It's been bad. Do you think that that changes this season? Absolutely. Why? I'm not trying to roast Clayton Adams, but I didn't. I, I thought that his scheme, the lack of scheme, which I thought was very easy to fix, and then the constant rotation of players is not the way that you build consistency on the offensive line. The inability to gain call from tackle to tackle and see it week in and week out, changing guys left and right, no consistency, always messing with guys' set patterns. Guys don't know if they're going to be here or there when they get in there in the, at the when they get into the building at the beginning of the week. It's just not productive for consistent growth. Coach Cap, on the other hand, is trying to find five guys to roll with to go win games, and he's more concerned with the developmental aspect of this trying to get guys to buy into how to develop as a player rather than saying you're a player, go kick ass. Huh. It's a coach's job to coach, not a line. Yeah. We're not setting up a chessboard. Yeah. It's a chess game. You'd set the board up and then tell your guys how to do it. Will Sherman is a first rounder if someone teaches him how to play football. Period. Interesting. I mean, I, period. I, if he stops oversetting and uses his hands independently, he's a first round tackle. Or guard. He's super long. Huh. So it, there's so much talent up there, especially with the Young Bucks. There are a Watch lot Jake of Young Wiley. Bucks. Watch the Ray kid from Georgia. Okay. Big Jake, W-R-A-Y. He's coming in next year as a senior. Okay. In, in high school this year from Marietta. I know him and his dad. He's a monster. Austin Johnson is a NFL football player. He just needs an opportunity. And when you get Big Carson Lee from Cherry Creek up there, I, I was I prayed that they were going to offer Drake Nugent and they let him go to Stanford. Damn it! But I'm telling you, they've got such nasty kids up there now, with especially the ones I send. I do not want to see you recruiting kids that are not ass kickers. And yeah. I look, not everyone's going to go there, and my job isn't to recruit for CU. But the guys that do want to go there, they know how I feel about that place. Oh yeah. You don't go up there and f around. You better go up there and put your foot in someone's ass. We don't mess around in Boulder. All right, we're going to get more into the recruiting in a minute. But first, I'm excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee 
StravaCraft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has already changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Back in now for the final segment, and we have one question that I really want to get to today. Uh, we kind of went long, so we're going to have to hurry through this, but Elrod said, Hey, Henry, I really like the X's and O's talk. I know it's all speculation right now, but it's fun to imagine what the offense could be like. As long as they're maximizing to the strengths of the offense and don't try to get cute, I'll be happy. Would you believe in the last few years on third or fourth and inches situations they haven't put Montez under center and had him sneak it? He's not a small guy. Drove me bonkers, but says all we need to know about the lack of confidence in the O-line. Speaking of O-line, I'd like to ask, ask Matt McChesney, who works with most of all of the high school elite linemen that have come out of the state in recent years, what his opinion is for why top-end guys have not chosen CU. Is it because CU has been so down for most of 15 years, or are they just so enamored with going to a blue-blood traditional power program? I know it probably varies from case to case, but I know Matt will keep it real. Hopefully Coach Cap's addition to the staff pays off and the buffs have success and kids take notice that there's a guy in Boulder who has put guys in the league. Thanks, Henry. Great question. What do you think? Why, why they are want they to play in the, the NFL. Chip? And you don't think? It's not that I don't think they can. Okay. I'm not talking about the future. Okay. I'm saying that how many offensive linemen got drafted last year from CU? How about the year it's before been, that? It's been rare. I mean, you have like David Bakhtiari. You have yeah, like, like a couple 10 big years names. Ago. But, but yeah. that's my point. Arizona State puts out two draft picks a year. It's true. It's not a joke. And they're going to do it again like this Sam year. Like Sam Jones from Thunder Ridge. There you go. He went. His choices were Arizona State, CU, or something else, and he went to Arizona State. How does CU change that? How do they become a when? program? When? Really? You think go smash mouth and start showing people that you can develop offensive linemen in Boulder again huh. and win games by running the ball and being physical and get the scouts back on campus to come evaluate our guys and get them drafted and then Reese Atterbury won't go to Michigan. Yeah. And then Drake Nugent, who they missed on terribly, won't go to Stanford and Bear won't go to Stanford and we won't lose, you know, we won't lose uh, – Just throw into the gentry kid won't leave Colorado. You know, it's just the outside affirmation has to stop. Interesting. They have okay. to stop evaluating kids based on other people's expectations. For years, years since I've been doing this, okay? Years, bro. I would present a kid to see you and say, get on him first. We gotta offer kids first in Colorado if we expect them to stay home. And the question I would get back, the question, mind you, would be, who else has offered him? Well, who cares? Huh. Do you think he can play? Do you think you can develop this kid? Do you believe in yourself as a coach and as a talent evaluator? It shouldn't matter who else has offered him, bro. You just found a diamond in the rough. Interesting. And so, I mean, going back to the beginning of that, it's almost like it's not it's, – it's the buff scheme that's really stopping them from getting these guys because it's, – It's a lack of – a lack of internal confidence in recruiting. Coach Barnett, Coach Neuheisel literally walked in and didn't take no for an answer. Huh. We're not asking you to come to see you. You're coming to see you. Interesting. Period. That's the way it worked, and I don't know how they did it, but it worked. It worked. It worked. 
So it, you can recruit there. They have every bell and whistle you can imagine. A lot of it's the kid, though, too, bro. Let's be real. Huh. Like, not everybody wants to play in Boulder, the McCaffrey situation. What? What, do you, what do you expect? Look, and I don't know if this is true, but I think it is. When you have Christian McCaffrey on campus as a sophomore and Coach McIntyre tells him he wants him to play safety, he's going to go to Stanford. He's a running back. He is a running back. You know what I'm saying? He is That's a running fact. back. When you're, when you're putting all your eggs in recruiting the, the Ty Evans kid from – from uh, Palmer Ridge, right? Okay. And he decommits from three places, and you're still going after him hard, and then he decommits from you. Well, what do you expect? And then you don't go after a kid like Alex Padilla, where Coach Logan is the coach who played at CU, who works with me, and he goes to Iowa. You can't lose a potential, Mm. you know, pro-style quarterback to the Hawkeyes. You can't let that happen. No. Now, there's ways to fix it, and the ways to fix it are, number one, winning. But then number two, having the confidence to look at a player and say, okay, he's got everything I want I'm offering. And that's the difference between this staff and the last. They took the handcuffs off Shiv. Shiv can now do what Shiv does. And he's one of the best recruiters in the country, and it shows, period. He's great at identifying talent. He identified Costanzo and Dudley the same way I did. These two can play. Yeah, they can. Boom, they're offered. Trey Zoon, 6'7", 6'8", 300 pounds, going to be a junior. All I did was present him correctly, offered. Huh. So it's changed. They're going after kids very aggressively right now. And that, that makes sense. I mean, that's the way they kind of have to. They have to be trusting have their to. own talent 100%. evaluation because they aren't an Ohio State who can say, oh, you got offers from Alabama but and they're Florida. Competing Let's with them. throw a hat in the ring. They're competing with Ohio, Ohio State. Tony Alford and Coach Studd <sighs> are sitting in the same room you're sitting in talking about players. All these, every resume you see here, these are all a different player that I work with. Uh, I hand them the paperwork and go, this is who the kid is, watching on the TV up here. Just so, so the they, listeners know, these are massive stacks of paper. Oh, yeah. they are. Notre Dame's in here like crazy. Nebraska's in here like crazy. I had Nebraska sit in here and offer Trey Zoon in my office. So mm. I don't like that. I hate him. But you got to do what's best I, for the kid. It's not my job to tell a kid where to go play. Yeah. It's not my job to help the kids get recruited to Boulder. I find it extremely disrespectful when people are like, I can't believe you send people other places. Screw it. Screw you. <laughs> I am not here to appease to you. I'm here for my client to help him improve. Yeah. CU has to recruit the kids better. It's not my job. If you want me to do the recruiting, hire me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty there simple. There it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's just so tough to watch the talent that leaves the state more than anything else. Because, like, you understand that going out, I mean, there are the recruiting hotbeds. You have, like, West Texas. You have Southern California. You have these spots where there are guys. And, you know, USC gets in there. Stanford gets in there. Uh, Texas gets in there. It's tough to beat those guys. Ooh. But when you have the – when you trust your own talent evaluators and say, hey, this is a guy nobody's offering and we think they're wrong, that's a chance for you to, to, to take in a win instead of competing for guys that everybody else has already identified. Mass offering. Yes. Mass yes. offering, bro. One kid gets offered, and twenty and and twenty days later, he's got thirty offers. I hate it. I hate it because all you're doing is lining up to sniff the other guy's ass who already got in line before you did. Yeah. I don't understand mass offering at all. It's lazy recruiting. There's no other way around it, bro. It's oh, he got offered by him. Okay, offer him. What? Why didn't you offer him a week ago? And he didn't have any offers. Like, that's how you determine whether or not the kid can play? What? Uh, it's the, that's what happened with Cole Taylor. 
Cole yeah. Taylor didn't just wake up uh, like six months ago and become six seven two sixty and run four six. He's always he's been like that since he was a whip. He walked huh. into Grand Junction huge. He's just put more weight on. It's it's about presentation, bro. It's about presenting and leverage. Saying, here's six seven Cole Taylor. You're really not going to recruit him because if you don't, he's going to UCLA. That's the next phone call. If I have to do it by leverage, I'll huh. do it. I don't care. Interesting. That's how every. Yeah. That's how everything in this game is done. No one's going to pay a player. And Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott, and Melvin Gordon aren't going to get paid until they have to. Until they have yep. leverage. Yep. Wow. Okay, so that's some good stuff. I think I think that pretty much answers the question. Why Why is CU losing the in-state kids? Before we get out of here, though, we could do this for ten hours, bro. Oh, we seriously, we got a lot to talk about. I'm coming do. back. You just oh, tell me you, when you better want be me back. back you better buffs. be back. I'm here, baby. Ah, uh, yeah. So before we go, though, I do want to talk about Matt's podcast through the BSN network, uh, McChesney Unchained. Great show. Uh, I think the last episode was Monday. Yeah, we put one up. I think we posted Monday and tomorrow. Tomor- I'm going to put up. An, I'm putting up uh, nice. episode 42 tomorrow. And do you know who Ben Roy is? I don't. He's a uh, he's a comedian in town and he uh he's the lead singer for the uh punk group spells s-p-e-l-l-s they are right. awesome and uh he created that tv show those who can't on true tv and he's my guest tomorrow actually so we're gonna have a bunch of laughs on i'm a chesney unchained tomorrow episode 42 and and get down try and you know talk about the buffs and the broncos but reality yeah. we're probably going to make fun of each other a lot so i'm pretty excited about it it's a great show <laughs> I've, I've been listening since it launched the last episode episode 41 i loved started out with some awesome buffs talk got into some broncos talk uh breaking out preseason game if you if you guys are fans of the buffs and broncos you have to be listening if you're a fan of the buffs or the broncos you still probably should be listening so tune in tomorrow. He's going to drop another episode, episode 42. Probably Check curse a couple out. times. Yeah, we've toned show. it down here. We've toned I it down. I tried not to curse the whole time. I'm, you were you, worried you did. about it, were you? You did. You're like, McChesney's going to curse. Yeah, He's going to say like we're, eight F-bombs. We're going to have to bleep out the whole damn show. I didn't even say one F-bomb. No F-bombs. We had like a, an S-bomb, a B-bomb, a bunch of A-bombs, but... <laughs> you know we're we're gonna we're gonna let it go and we're gonna be back here recording another another podcast sometime before the season starts because this is just great stuff and i'm sure you guys whatever you want me on bsn buffs i'm there baby awesome all right that's it for today i'll talk to you guys tomorrow with andre simone bye guys go buffs i think they like my colorado See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hey, hey. you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it. Take
team at the team. They like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in it, play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it, go. You know I'm acting bad. Holland, get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Might not swear, I think they like my Colorado swag. Have you ever seen a rain? Colorado swag. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag. 